name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. The devil, or Satan, is mentioned several times in the Bible, but only talks to people on two occasions. He spoke to Eve with Adam watching and listening in Genesis, and he spoke to Jesus in today's Gospel. Satan is present at other times, but he is not visible to human beings. Part of the purpose of today's Gospel is to reveal the devil as the unseen enemy of God's people. The temptation of Jesus in the wilderness is meant to be read in the light of the 40-year experience of temptation of Israel in the Old Testament. The temptations all match up. The stone into bread test relates to Israel's dissatisfaction with the manna that God had given them. The temptation to worship the devil in exchange for all the kingdoms of the world matches up with the Israel's worshiping of the golden calves at the foot of Mount Sinai. The temptation to jump off the rock relates to the time when God brought water out of the rock, where it is said that Israel, quote, put God to the test. The three Bible verses Jesus quotes are verses from the Old Testament where God rebuked Israel for her disobedience in these three particular episodes. The point is that Jesus fulfills the vocation of Israel, succeeding in all the tests that Israel failed. The implication is that the devil was present in the Old Testament as the ultimate source of Israel's temptations. This reveals that the true enemy of God's people is the evil one. And this is the enemy that Jesus came to conquer. One of the chief errors of God's people is to misidentify the enemy. First century Israel thought her principal enemy enemy was pagan Rome. The Messiah was expected to come and defeat the Romans. This is why no one understood when Jesus chose the cross instead of the sword. The path of obedience unto death was the type of warfare aimed at destroying the kingdom of the evil one. But it had no obvious or immediate impact on the afflictions of God's people. Jesus was aiming at a cosmic and eternal victory, not a temporal one. To win that war, he had to be faithful to God through a genuine human life. He had to endure affliction and injustice. He had to offer the sacrifice that would atone for the sins of the world and free us from captivity to the evil one. He had to lose the visible battle in order to win the spiritual war. Thus, at the very moment of apparent defeat, he uttered the words of victory. It is finished. Ephesians says, quote, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. 
This verse is a reflection on today's gospel. The visible battles we face are part of a larger spiritual war. Our ultimate victory will be determined not by whether we achieve fame, success, or the fulfillment of all our desires in this life. Our ultimate victory will be determined by whether or not we may remain faithful through the ever-present trials and temptations we face as we go through the visible battles of this life. Every challenge in life has two dimensions. There is the visible dimension of eating, drinking, working, and playing. And there is the spiritual dimension of how these activities impact our faith and faithfulness. There are visible enemies, people, and circumstances. And there is the invisible enemy who uses the visible things to discourage and anger us, to make us envious and covetous. The challenge we face is to fight the right battle, to discern the presence of the unseen enemy and act faithfully so as to conquer him. The tests are made more challenging in our time because of a cultural implication that faith should be an aid to our success. There is a sense among many that if I believe in Jesus and do all the right things, life should go well. Thus, for many, a setback or a misfortune becomes an unbearable test of faith. Why is God doing this to me? Many conclude that since God did not lead them into victory in some visible battle, they will no longer believe in him. This triumph of doubt over faith is precisely the victory the enemy is looking for. He is pleased when we win the visible battle at the cost of our faith. He is even more pleased when we win neither the visible battle nor pass the test of faith. Jesus did all the right things, had perfect faith, and got killed for it. We must reconcile ourselves to the truth that the call to be faithful will sometimes cost us things we want. There is a name for visible things that are more important to us than God. They are called idols. And we must continually renounce them. We must be ready always to give up anything that leads us away from faith and obedience. Quote, Whoever does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. But there is also a paradox. The things we forsake the things we offer to God and sacrifice come back to us eventually in resurrected form. Quote, Everyone who has forsaken houses or brothers or sisters 
or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Jesus renounced the world, the flesh, and the devil and surrendered his very life in obedience. However, he was raised from the dead and received a new immortal body. He was given all the kingdoms of the world. He himself became the bread of life. Jesus said no to the demonic temptations because they were all lies. They promised a kind of fulfillment that they would not have delivered. The bread would have solved the problem of hunger only for a moment. The devil would not have given all the kingdoms of the world. There would have been fine print in the contract. The cheap trick would only have produced faith in cheap tricks. The demonic voice offers us something that is desirable right now, but will not really satisfy us in the long run. For this short-term fix, the devil requires faithlessness or disobedience. Christ offers us resurrection, eternal life, and the fulfillment eventually of every genuine human desire. He requires of us faith and obedience, which includes a willingness to suffer some lack of fulfillment right now. The devil is always in a hurry because he knows that his time is short. Thus, the demonic voice always tells us that we must have what we want right now. God has literally an eternity to fulfill all of his promises to us. That is why he is always telling us to be patient and faithful and wait for him. The Lenten fast is a time to make sure we are seeing the real enemy and fighting the right battle. The disciplines aid us. Through increased prayer, we gain new wisdom and vision to see what the devil is up to in our lives. We are given the grace we need to accept our share of the cross. Through fasting, we learn to subdue the flesh. We learn not to live by bread alone. Through almsgiving, we renounce our idols so that our treasure and our hearts will be fully invested in the kingdom. Easter and the resurrection will make it all worthwhile. As St. Paul wrote, quote, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.